Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtually Legal. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to us. But we do know that it's not just us you want to hear from, it's also our wonderful guests. And today we have a particularly wonderful guest for you. It's Sam Hope, Head of Graduate Recruitment at Shoesmiths. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, great to be here. And so this week we are going to be talking about the thing that can make or break your application, how to tailor your application to the law firm you're applying to. Later on in the episode, we're actually going to be pulling apart my own Shoesmiths application, so look out for that. But firstly, Sam, how are you getting on with applications at Shoesmiths at the moment? So we're in the middle of our um, application uh, screening process at the moment. So our applications opened late last year um, and we um, go through quite a number of months of screening um, until the deadline. So we do review them as we go, um, but we usually don't make any final decisions until much closer to the deadline. In fact, that's a question a lot of people ask is whether we recruit on a rolling basis. Um, I would say I get asked that question at least once a week. Um, And so the answer is that we do review on a rolling basis, but we do assess every application that comes in by the deadline. Interesting. I feel like, have you ever seen um, people that are particularly tall and when they meet someone, they just give them like a business card that has a load of questions to like answers to questions that they frequently get like hi my name's John I'm six foot four how yes the weather up here is good I feel like you could have an equivalent business card that just answers like a load of questions that you get asked on the daily yeah for sure a a little business card with FAQs yeah 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 exactly I guess the best place to start would be is your process um this year because of COVID um is it online virtual what's the sort of um process I guess after the first application stage yeah sure so um the way that we used to run um was that we would have um an online um recruitment process up until the point of the assessment center and then that would be in person but since covid and i think probably going forwards now um it will pretty much all be virtual so it starts off with an online application form um the next stage is an online video interview not a live video interview. It's one where you will read the question and see me asking you the question on a pre-recorded video, and then you'll have a certain period of time to answer your question. Um, And then finally, a virtual assessment center. We do know that it's important to get um, the opportunity to meet people though. And that's why I think we tend to um, offer opportunities to meet us in other virtual ways. So like an insight evening, um, law fairs, and we are hoping that our vacation placement is going to be in person this year as well. Excellent. So do you you find, or how does it compare like meeting applicants virtually versus in person? Do you think it's a bit of a hindrance doing it virtually or do you think it's transitioned quite well? So I was actually thinking about this um, earlier. I'm really wanting to um, share a bit of a blog post about it because I think there's loads of pros and there's loads of cons. Um, And I don't know which is better or worse. It's almost like they balance each other out in, in different ways. So virtually meeting candidates for us is great because in times of um, time and efficiency in order to log on to 
um, the system in order to get our people to log on to the system. There's no traveling involved. Um, yeah, it's very efficient in that way and we can meet a lot of candidates, you know, at once. Um, but from the candidates point of view, um, I feel like they think that they would get a better experience if it was in person. However, I think they still can get a great experience, but it, perhaps they have to put in a bit more effort. It's not just about, you can't just turn up and then you, you'll be seen in the same way as an in-person event. On a virtual platform, you need to kind of stand out against all the other candidates that might also be on that platform. So yeah, there's pros and cons to each. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So diving straight into what everyone's here for, the applications. So I've definitely had it where you send off an application and then boom, it comes back like very, very unsettlingly quickly to the point that you think surely no human eye has looked over this yet. Is there a kind of sift process that applications go through? And if so, what would that kind of first stage look for in terms of like keywords grammar I imagine if you spell the name of a firm wrong you're just there's the door so what kind of things happens at that point yeah so um, I actually wish we did have a little bit of automated um, system to do some of those things because um, it would again be really time saving for us but actually we don't have any automatic things that we don't have an automatic system that rules people out and therefore you know automatically emails them to say they're unsuccessful every single one of our applications is looked at by a human um wow but we do do two initial screens um before we kind of move on to actually scoring the application form so the first screen that we kind of do is looking at applications where an applicant has missed out an entire section so for example they have made they may have submitted it without including uh, or missing out a competency question or they may have submitted it with, and missed out uh, some of the detail in the work experience so perhaps they just put in the titles and the time that they worked there but but didn't include any detail um, so for us that's a real red flag and we do get some people where it appears that they perhaps started an application got bored and just submitted it anyway um, and those we don't screen those because it's obvious that they won't be able to score uh, high enough on our application when they're missing parts and also um, it brings up an attention to detail question as well and then the second screen um, is really just to see if people are at the right stage in their studies so we do receive some applications from a-level applicants or first-year applicants but they wouldn't be ready to commence the training contract in the year that we're actually recruiting to so as an example for that and this does confuse some people i think coming in to um, apply for training contracts when law firms recruit so far in advance getting their years muddled up but if we're recruiting for trainee solicitors to start in september 24 then they would need to be, um, well, based on the current LPC route anyway, they would need to be in their penultimate or final year of a degree or have graduated already. If they were a first year of a three-year degree at that time, they wouldn't be ready to start in September 2024. So that's the other screen that we do. Um, and that is manual, though. That's still not done in, on an automatic basis. Um, and then after that, um, I guess it's a bit of a misconception that 
or certainly for shoesmiths, we don't look at one part of the application and then kind of sift out and then look at the next part and then sift out. Um, and again, from a recruiter's point of view, who's looking at thousands of applications, there are definitely some things that attract me to that, but not in an equal, fair and kind of well-rounded way. So the way that we do it is we score every part of the application form and it's the overall score that then hopefully gets the person through to the next stage. There are some parts of the, the form that are scored by the system and that's based on the rules that we've inputted. Um, so an example of that is academics. So you might have somebody who's got an A at A level and they might get eight points for that. And then you might get somebody who's got a B at A level, they might get seven points for that and so on. Um, but everything else is scored manually against very specific guidelines that we have. And the guidance that we're looking at in terms of scoring is looking for um, things to be related to shoesmith's values and behaviours and also the core skills required to do the role of a trainee solicitor. And out of interest, if um, someone gets through one round and then your next round, like you said, is a kind of video interview, um, when you're looking at the video interviews, do you refer back to their written applications or is no. it like clean slate every step? Yeah, so for us, it's a clean slate at every point. So once um, you've completed each stage, that um, helps you hopefully to get to the next stage. And then it's about your performance on that next stage that matters. Um, so that's our application stage gets you to the video interview. And at the video interview, you're being assessed on that part. And then when you get to the assessment centre, you're, you're being assessed on your performance at the assessment centre. We don't look back at the application or video interview at that stage. Um, and that's all part of our CV blind process mm. for the assessment centre. Yeah. That's good to know because I've always been quite scared about using the same deals I've talked about in my application in the video interview. Although yeah. it's it's good in some sense because you find new deals and you talk about and you know more about the firm. But sometimes the one I pick in my application is the one that I'm really interested in. So it's nice to know that you don't necessarily... I was think like I was think oh they they might remember me but actually thinking about it, you have so many applications you're never going to remember the one specific deal I talked about. You, you just want to be remembered for being um, absolutely at the top or, yeah, not so much the other end. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I guess we talked about the application and sifting people out, which it's nice to know that you do yourself and not via a computer. But what does tailoring your application really mean? And this, again, is probably one of your FAQs you could put on your business card, but... So tailoring the application, yeah, and it's something we talk about a lot and you, you hear a lot. Um, but for me, it's really seeing yourself working at that particular firm. So um, I think as an outsider or somebody that's not worked at Shoesmiths before, it's really hard to understand some of the nuances that make a firm's culture and working environment the way it is which is why I'd highly recommend gaining an insight either through work experience or insight evenings or social media as well um, and podcasts, of course. <laughs> um, and when you then understand a little bit about those nuances, a bit about the internal workings of the firm and the type of personalities that make up that culture, then it's really easy to actually see yourself working there. And that's then at the point um, you're able to demonstrate it in, I think, quite a natural way in your application form. So tailoring it for me is, is really getting that understanding at first, but then making a personal link to something specific about the firm 
that other firms don't have or are not the same at doing. So that would be like, for example, um, all firms will probably have values and goals and mission statements. They might have a three-year strategy, but there'll be differences in all of those parts. So making sure that you really understand whether like where, which bits are the match for you so if you think you're a fantastic team player and that's something that's really important to you then being able to link that to Shoesmith's value of pulling together um, and the understanding of like cross department working cross office working well hybrid working now um, I think using those that terminology as well that's, that's important to that law firm so for example we talk about hybrid working but another law firm might talk about it in a different way or use a different phrase so that's that's a little bit of a hint I guess towards some of those inner workings of the firm and almost feeling like you're part of the firm before you even are and that's yeah it's, it's tailoring it in that way it's quite a difficult one to to articulate I think speak the language of the firm yeah yeah that's the summary yeah speak the language of the firm (laughs) in relation to speak the language of the firm say for example your core values I've never I guess maybe it's been a law student never either copy something precisely or don't copy it at all is it okay to sort of use the exact terminology used on your website without obviously copying the whole thing but to show that you've actually like say pulling together you could say in a team player sense is that necessary or is that taking it one step too far? So I think it is good to use the terminology because it backs up and demonstrates that you've done your research and you're tailoring it. I think where people fall down with that is just slinging the words in, uh, scattering them through the answers without any further explanation or, or using them to any great um, you know, good through the application. So you would have to make the link. So if you were going to throw pulling together in there, that's great. It shows me you've you've done a bit of research about us. At the very least, you've been on the website, um, but it's it, that wouldn't be enough for you to kind of stand out in my eyes. It would be then linking that to you and why that's important to you. And so what kind of questions do you think um, applicants should be asking more of in order to get these more like firm specific answers, I guess? Because I think I always found when I was going on um, firm websites it can it can all feel a bit samey sometimes and you really really have to dig sometimes to get to those deeper layers of actually what is separating firms is there any like way that you think candidates could go about that doing that digging yeah oh, I absolutely agree with you just by reading websites is, is certainly not enough um, and even you can go a little bit further and you can use other resources like Law Careers Net or Legal Cheek all about law I mean there's some fantastic reviews and case studies um, lawyer profiles that you can read but even that is still not going far enough in my eyes to really understand the workings of the firm um, and I actually think a great way to understand the people and the personalities, the culture is through videos. I just think you get so much more out of watching videos. Um, And that's why at Shoesmiths, we created the Shoesmiths Live series, which we ran over Facebook and then Instagram. Um, And that's all hosted on our YouTube channel now. 
So it's all there. Obviously, some of it is a little bit out of date now, especially a lot of it refers to like in-person assessment centres. Um, but the, the basics of it and the personalities that you're getting come through um, still really relevant. And I sat down with Simon, who is our oh, um, CEO. I watched Simon Boss's one. <laughs> yeah. And I sat down with Peter, our chairman, chairperson as well. And um, like to to be able to share that opportunity with candidates who want to work for us so that they could send in their questions or ask their questions live on Facebook um, to the CEO, I just think is a great opportunity. But also it's really fantastic that our people at Shoesmiths want to get involved in, in those things and, and have the time to dedicate to it really shows, I think, what kind of firm we are. Um, and we are planning to do more videos um, this year. So 2022, watch Look this space. <laughs> yeah. And I think and loads of other firms are obviously doing very similar um, things, especially now we've moved up much more to everything being online. So I think, yeah, if you're not able to meet firms in person, videos is the next best thing. Amazing. Okay, so maybe in my application, I should have mentioned Simon because I did <laughs> actually watch that video. But lesson learned, lesson learned. Um, so moving on to my application, do you both have a copy of this in front of you? I do. You know what? I'm just going to disclaim it. I've grown a lot as a person. Okay? <laughs> I, I wouldn't write this a second time, but I think it's a good learning exercise for everyone that's listening and it's going to be character building for me. Um, so I will just read a section of it. And then Sam, would you be okay to throw out where you think I could have improved Yeah, ideally absolutely. as constructively as possible? <laughs> yep, <laughs> I'll try. Okay, so um, the title of this question was Describe why you want to be a trainee solicitor at Shoesmiths. And I'm starting reading from about halfway down my answer. So I've said, more generally, I'm attracted to Shoesmiths' ability to cater for such a wide range of clients, from small startups to more established companies. Okay, Sam, do you have any thoughts? I feel like this is quite generic. But it was sincere, I promise. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm glad you've so you've started halfway through your answer here. So you've already got a yes. bit of blurb that you've talked about. Okay, um, so firstly, um, Shoesmiths is spelt wrong. Um, oh my god, I've just noticed. And, and this is really common. <laughs> yeah, it's really common because um, Shoesmiths with an S at the end is our firm name, um, but quite often people put Shoesmith apostrophe s that's something that comes up a lot we see it a lot um, but that's that's my first point on this um and also so you've said you're attracted to our ability to cater for a wide range of clients okay great and then you've gone on to say you know small startups to more established companies so you've reiterated it but what you've not done here is um explain why that's of interest to you so you've okay. just said you are attracted to that fact but not why so i don't get anything about you from this also, for an example, I worked um, for a startup called Realm. That could be something that, say, for example, Molly had done. You could elaborate on and why that sort of working with Realm, a small startup, gave you an insight into why it'd be nice to work for these clients. Something like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. Being able to say that you've witnessed, you know, a small business or large um, having to interact with a legal team over an issue that, yeah, that absolutely backs up some of that. Okay, cool. And actually, at the time, I had worked for both small and big companies. So it would have been really easy for me to pull in. But it's just something I missed. And the Hindsight. apostrophe. 
the apostrophe. <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to go and crucify myself after. <laughs> okay, so I'll move on. I'll move on. So we've gone down. Um, finally, I like that Shoesmiths boasts. I think I've done the comma wrong again there. The not the comma, the apostrophe. Oh god. <laughs> finally, I like that Shoesmiths boasts an environment of mutual support that is non-hierarchical and does not compromise its standard of work. Any okay. thoughts? Yeah, so I think like that's a good show of research um, that is true what you're saying. Um, again, I think you could expand on why. Why do you like that? Why is that important to you? So again, you could link that back to some previous experience of perhaps an environment where you've worked worked in a similar environment and therefore you know you know you can work well or perhaps you would say you know I, actually I've worked in an environment that's not like that and I don't think it's conducive to collaborative working um, so it's just backing it up again telling me something about you because you're saying that you like it but I, ju I just don't know why and it's giving it more depth I want to see more more of your depth and could perhaps that example be so say I was the, sorry, I'm just bringing ideas up. So I was the um, captain of Mixed Across to say that even though there was some hierarchy, some hierarchy within the nature of the lacrosse club, we, we made sure that everyone felt included and that everyone felt they were part of the team, even though it wasn't a specific working environment but it could be sort of societal or other examples yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah doesn't always have to be work or corporate style examples um, examples from university from hobbies um, groups that you go to volunteering retail work it as it's a looking for those transferable skills so absolutely could be any uh, any example and I definitely encourage people to use different types of examples across the questions so if there's four questions for example you might want to use you know a corporate kind of office based example for one if you have it uh, a university group example for another something that's more I don't know uh, hobby related but just showing different parts of you throughout those answers yeah and then moving on to the last sentence, which on review sounds ridiculous. Um, the word I've used, I'm, if you're reading this sentence right now, guys, you know which word I'm talking about. Um, I'll read it out. But then question is, do you think it's important to have like a summarising statement or sentence at the end of your answer? So what I've written is for the reasons stated above, I would <laughs> relish the opportunity to become a trainee solicitor at Shoesmiths. Um, yeah, so in answer to your first question, yes, I do think it's, I think you absolutely should have a summary sentence. And I, I think you should have a summary sentence at the end of every one of your questions if you've got the word count available for it. Um, and I think that, so here, uh, sorry, I didn't notice the word relish until you've just pointed it out. And now all I can think of is burgers. Yes. Um, it sounds like I'm writing for a cookery book. It, it's funny because I wonder if that's because I read that a lot in application forms. That's the reason I haven't noticed it. Um, but actually, so yeah, so actually, <laughs> don't anyone write it now in applications. I feel like I'm going to notice that all the time now. Everyone, everyone who yeah. writes relish, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think, yes, yeah, so you've said um, for the reasons stated, like I want to become a trainee solicitor. So 
how, I don't, how could you zhuzh that up to sound yeah it needs zhuzhing up you're right you need a little bit more in there so um just um bringing back in a few more of the links so let's say um where we were talking about you know maybe being in a a team a sports team where there was hierarchy but actually it was important that everyone worked as a team to achieve a shared goal you could relate back to that and say um therefore i've worked in a collaborative team before and i know that this is a a skill that Shoesmith really values. Um, I know one of the values is pulling together um, and that's what the type of value that I think I can bring to the firm and that's, you know, that's why I want to be a trainee. So it's just linking back a lot of those points and bringing it all together. And it doesn't have to be a particularly lengthy statement. In fact, um, what I'd say is it would, I think the best way is to think about each of your answers in fifths and I would say the summary at the end should be just one fifth. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like that was really productive. I think I learned a lot there. What I think one of the biggest takeaways that was clear throughout all of your feedback on my answer was every time I say something about the firm, I need to turn it back on to myself. Yeah, because I think um, that was the original question. Just read the original it uh, application was, question. describe why you want to be a trainee solicitor at Shoesmiths. And I missed out the you part entirely, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, and that question entirely depends on, on the way the question has been asked. So sometimes you'll read the question as, um, tell me why you would like to be a solicitor. Or it might be, tell me why you would be like to be a solicitor at Shoesmiths. Um, it might just be, why law so depending on what the question is will elicit how much you spend on each part of that question uh, answer in terms of whether it's you you're talking about or the firm but for me pretty much everything that's mentioned i love to see a link back to the firm and that again brings it all back to tailoring the application form do you think you ever would have a question that's solely about yourself or do you think the firm would always expect you to chuck them in at places yeah so even if it was a question that was tell me about you and that was the question I would still expect there to be some link back to Shoesmiths in there because even if the question was tell me about you I would still expect a link back to Shoesmiths because you would need to demonstrate to me that you understand why I'm asking about you and the interest I have in you is so that you will um, match the firm's values, so that you'll be able to drive the firm forwards. Um, and all of that needs a link back to Shearsmith somewhere. So yes, for us, definitely, we'd still want to see the link. Um, we've actually covered like a ridiculous amount in what feels like a very short time, but I notice we've actually been recording for a while now. So Sam, do you have any final top tips for our listeners? Any like recurring mistakes that keep getting made or just anything that they should be doing or not doing going forwards yeah actually I do and it's not just spelling and grammar um what what I see a lot of is people um going through the motions of applying to us um sort of to tick boxes so for example they think okay I want to apply to shoot smith so First of all, I'm going to apply and attend the Insight Evening, like done, ticked it. Um, okay, now I'm going to go to the law fair. I'm going to go meet them again, like tick, done it. Um, okay, I've connected with a trainee on LinkedIn and I've messaged them, tick. Um, and it's just literally going through a, a tick box exercise, but there's no value in that. There's no real um, 
thought behind what you want to get out of it so emailing a trainee okay it's a first step but it you're not getting out of it especially not getting anything out of it especially if they don't you know email you back um and you need to go out of your way to actually learn about those inner workings of the firm learn about the real people behind the title of solicitor or partner um and so for me it's about really trying to immerse yourself in firm life even though that's incredibly difficult, you know, when you don't don't already work there. So look out for those opportunities like um, blog posts and videos and podcasts and spend your time wisely trying to learn around the legal market as well and how that particular firm fits in to the bigger picture. And I think if you kind of stop going through the motions of ticking those boxes and actually apply yourself to learning more for your own personal development, that's when it just all starts clicking into place. Very interesting. And as a final point, don't use the word relish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be looking out for that one now. But also, I feel like people could now use the word relish, ironically, because it shows that they've listened to this podcast, which is, in a sense, research. Very smart. Yes. (laughs) Um, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. That was completely invaluable and a very steep learning curve for myself as well. So thank you so much. Good luck to everybody. Thank you so much for listening and to Sam for being such a fantastic guest. Sam's three top tips for applications include when you're first learning about a firm, don't just go through the motions of ticking boxes and telling yourself you're doing adequate research. You need to really think about everything you do as a personal learning and development journey, as this is exactly the type of people we want to see taking responsibility for their own careers. When answering why this firm, there will probably be lots of reasons, so make sure you include them while also linking back to yourself. Also, make sure you're demonstrating wider legal knowledge by sharing where the firm sits, how it's a profitable business and where they're going. And then lastly, for a question like why commercial law, break this answer down into five chunks. You need to explain the journey of your interest for a career in law, how your interest has solidified, your personal experience in commercial law now, and then share some research of the firm in relation to the question and also include a summary for how you'll add value to the firm you're applying for. For more content like this, please follow us on Instagram and remember to subscribe to the podcast.